0: Good evening. This is Crime Classics. I am Thomas Hyland with another true story of crime. Listen. That's the way a room sounds a particular room in a narrow street in Edinburgh, Scotland. Someplace on the wall there was a drip. When the room was still, when there was a lodger in it, asleep, that was the sound. But listen again. That's the way it sounded when it rained, because the room was just below gutter level, and the rainwater rushed by the room's only window. Many lodgers caught cold in this room. They were lucky. Many other lodgers wound up on a dissecting table. They were murdered. By Mr. Burke, who smothered. And by Mr. Hare, who held. So tonight, my report to you, if a body need a body, just call Burke and Hare. Crime Classics.
1: A series of true crime stories from the records and newspapers of every land, from every time. Your host each week, Mr. Thomas Highland, connoisseur of crime, student of violence, and teller of murders. Now once again, Mr. Thomas Highland.
0: Edinburgh in 1826, a city famous for lassies, laddies, uh, people coming through the rye, scotch, kilties, and medical schools. It is this last I'd like to speak a word about. Now, when a student entered medical school, he studied anatomy right off. No Roman in the and Enter school, cut up a cadaver. Except there weren't enough cadavers. Executed criminals were the only legitimate source of supply. Therefore, a new occupation sprang up and flourished. Grave snatching. Piecework in corpses. Rob a grave of its contents and sell it to science. Yet, the supply didn't meet the demand. So, as in every profession, there were those who looked for shortcuts. Burke and Hare came up with one. They owned that room I told you about. A room in Tanner's Close.
2: I'm tired of waiting for him to die, Burke. Go look at him. Yes, I oh, can't tell whether he's breathing or not. The old man's so skinny. So sick. Hear if his heart beats. It beats. Such a skinny man. Such a sick, skinny man. Such a sick, skinny old man. And he will not die. Burke. Aye. The other who sought lodging here and who died brought us eight pounds. Aye. This one? Aye. He's older than the last. Dr. Knox will not be happy of him. However, we should not accept less than eight pounds. Aye. Hair. Is there more whiskey hair? Nor food. Oh. Nothing. Nothing. save an old, sick, skinny man who takes space and will not die. It's so cold, eh? Oh, Oh, my hands be numb. Whiskey would warm them from the fingertips. From the fingertips... Hair. Aye? Hair. Say it, man. If this old man were to die this minute... If we were to stuff him in the tea chest this minute... Walk with him to the anatomy laboratory of Dr. Knox. And Dr. Knox pays upon delivery. We would have whiskey in a half hour from now. That is, if this old man were to die this minute. But that would be murder. It would. Have you ever done a thing like that? No, 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 no. Such an old man. To lie sick. To suffer in a cold room. Wet room. No family to give him comfort. Ah, Poor old man. Burke. I. To kill him would be to bruise him. Dr. Knox perhaps would not accept a corpse unprettyed by bruises. However... What? However, if I... If I put my hand over his nose and mouth like this... Jamie, at such a time like... Oh, such a time to come. gone. Hold his feet here so he'll not kick. Oh, I lad like that. Is he dead? I'll listen to his heart. Is he dead? Is he dead? Is he dead? Is he dead? Dead. You have called me from my lecturing, gentlemen. To insist upon it, I
1: I suggest... Enough
2: words, Dr. Knox. Take a look. Hmm? Now, was it worth calling you away for, Doctor. Half hour dead, I'd say. Less, wouldn't you say, hare? Oh, I'd say it was worth more than eight pounds. Fine specimen, fresh. Ten pounds. I'm not a quibbler, gentlemen. As a matter of fact, I'm on record as saying that quibbling is a. The lectures of... in the other room, doctor. Uh, just give us the tenner. Certainly. Here. Thank you. Mm. Two bodies in a week, gentlemen. Basis for an acquaintanceship. Do you know, think? Therefore, if I might make a suggestion. Suggest a way? Two bodies in a week. Both male. My students, when they will become physicians, will be called upon to administer to both sexes. Therefore, you want a lady. Good day, gentlemen. I must back to my students.
0: Dr. Knox had more students than anybody. He was much admired in the city of Edinburgh, a man of culture and wit and an excellent surgeon. A democratic man. He got along as well with the aristocracy of the city as with its murderers. Proof? Ain't that Dr. Knox a nice gent-head? A ruggy-boo, a (laughs) danny-man. Proof, as furnished by Burke and Hare. Two fellows with ten, uh, less what they paid for a bottle. He said he wanted a lady. Have a drink, I
2: A real ruggy boo,
0: that Dr. Knox. Have a drink. And arm in arm, they walked through the slums of Edinburgh. And they looked fine against this background.
2: Rags, bones, catskin, human
0: hair! Rags and bones, and catskin, and human hair, and cast off shoes. Drinkets and fish heads, second-hand goods pervade to people who were dying the instant they were born, stalls of tatters, shops of fragments and shame, alleys and filth, ten years old. And through it, chameleons Burke and Hare. Have a drink, Mr. Hare. Uh-huh. Done.
2: <laughs> Have a drink.
0: Hi, hey, Jimmy.
2: Hi, hey, lad. Have a drink. Oh, no. Here is a coin, lad. Thank you. You got a song I can sing for you? Oh, have a drink, lad. Oh, no, sir, Mr. Burke. Oh, no, sir, Mr. Burke. <laughs> like an angel, he says it. <laughs> angel with cheek like down between my fingers. Have a drink. No, sir. No, you run, give the coin to your mother, boy. Thank you. Come along, Hare. Aye. Uh, I was saying here. About Dr. Knox, you were saying. Aye. What his lack was. What he said he's needing. Have a drink. Hey, there's no more in it here. <laughs> Ain't me wanting a drink. Aye, there's a place. Aye. <laughs> Aye, aye, barman, a bottle of your finest. Aye, that's the word, barman, the finest, the finest for Burke and Hare. <laughs> there, have a drink, Mr. Hare. Uh, yeah. mm. uh, uh, have a drink, Burke. Mary, Mary, Mary. A lady. Such as ladies are in this corner of Edinburgh here. You're laughing. Tell me
3: a one so I can do a laughing too.
2: A fable, Mary. Pretty Mary. Bunny Mary. And not for your ears.
3: And what of my ears?
2: Oh, dainty and little pearl shells. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a kiss. Uh,
3: Give us a copper.
2: Good, Mary. Yeah, have a copper, Mary. Give us a kiss, Mary. Uh,
3: a bargain's a bargain. Ain't it?
2: Such pretty shoulders on you. What would
3: you say?
2: Uh, such pretty shoulders. Uh, you're a darling. Uh, is it true, Mary was painted by an artist? Uh,
3: true. A dolly lad with a beard. A tickling
2: beard. Hi, <laughs> Mary.
3: A kiss, a copper.
2: You need lodgings tonight, Mary.
3: Aye. One more
2: copper and I can pay for it. Oh, I got a clean room, a lodgings room. Next to my cobbling shop, I got one.
3: Aye,
2: I've heard. And, f- and from the looks of your shoes, Mary, you could stand some cobbling. Uh,
3: with what money? For free.
2: Now, ain't them pretty words, Mary? For free. Oh. <laughs> for free. Cobbling for your pretty feeties and, 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 and a clean bed. Now, come along, Mary.
3: What trick?
2: Come along, Mary. Is
3: it a trick?
2: Oh, come along, Mary.
3: You wouldn't have a trick, would you?
2: You just come along.
3: Oh, very well. <laughs>
0: Burke and Hare and Mary Patterson went to the room under the gutter, and Mary took off her shoes to cobble. <laughs> and she lay down in bed to sleep. Ah, she was very beautiful.
1: You are listening to Crime Classics and your host, Thomas Highland. The fighting in Korea has stopped, but the nation's need for blood donors goes on. If you've given blood, don't lose interest now. During peacetime, America has its chance to build vital blood reserves to the point where no emergency, whatever its magnitude, catches us unprepared. Give blood regularly, the painless way to be prepared. Call your local Red Cross chapter or local hospital blood bank for an appointment. Now once again Thomas Highland and the second act of Crime Classics. And his report to you on If a Body Need a Body, just call Burke and Hare.
0: In the winter of 1826, Edinburgh was a talk again about the latest appearance of the Loch Ness Monster. And speaking of lochs, Edinburgh was also a talk about the Loch Fenwick imbroglio, whereby Sir Angus McDermott was stripped of his tartan and forced to flee with his six sons to the Netherlands, where they were received with snickers by the populace. Having been thus rocked, Edinburgh was little prepared for what was in store. For in Tanner's close... A street that's spilled into a pigsty, there lived two men. As sure as my name is Billy
2: Burke, she's a pretty.
0: And Billy Burke's friend, Billy Hare. Aye, and a bonish sleeper. Aye.
2: Hold, hold her. Is she dead? Is she dead? I. Is she dead? I said I. Tell me, is she dead? What's gotten to you, man? Oh! oh, oh, oh and such a bonny sleeper, such. A- Why must I slap you so, man? De- de- Tell me a thing, Burke. Aye. That pretty thing. Is she dead? I said it. Now, what's gotten to you? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Didn't you feel the slaps, man? Oh. Well, what is it? Oh. She be dead. Aye. She'll fetch twenty pounds in a dead market. Aye. Now, give us a hand. But what did you do to her? Hair! hair. Billy, hair, what? what? Hair! Oh. Ooh, the thing you did to her, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Then... Then... You remember, that's the gutter right above the only window in the room. Then... Carrying her in this rain.
2: Let's wait a bit.
0: Maybe it'll stop. And they sat there, the two of them, their presence making complete the nightmare scene. The room of moistened shadows, of a girl dead, of a heaping of rags in the corner clothes of two others who had died there, and outside the thin yelping, and outside the thin hand still outstretched.
2: I need out of here, Berg. I... I need out of here. Burke. Fetch the tea chest. I need out of here. Burke. Aye. Aye, lad.
3: Pleasant that you invited me for tea, Dr. Knox.
2: A ritual, sir. To all who come to me to learn. I, um, I like to get to know my young doctors. (laughs) No doctor yet. Uh, But as good as one.
3: It is said from London north to here, in all of the cities, there is no greater teacher in the field of anatomical study than you, sir. I say that. Wherever doctors gather, (laughs) those who have studied
2: with you are assured of a future. (laughs) Uh, Hold your thought, young man. I'll return in a moment. is it? Hold close your lamp, Dr. Knox. Quick, man. Who is it? Bart, Burke and a And the tea Oh, inside. Quickly. Huh? Well, what have you? You made us suggest the last time we were here to deliver, Doctor. Well, well. Show him. Aye. How hold close your lamp when you look what we've brought you. Good. Twenty pounds good. That good? Yeah. Twenty pounds. Here, Okay. What? What's the matter, Doctor? Why is her hand clenched so tightly? Why, I, I'm sure, sir, that... Well, let's have a look. Yeah. Let's un... tighten. There. Hmm. Two coppers. I wonder you wonder what, Doctor? Such a pretty she is. Why to be clenching so tight? To two coppers in her hand. Why I wonder that, too? And so do I. I have a guest. Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, young sir, I believe you're holding a thought. What is it?
0: Eventually, it stopped raining, and life went on in the alleys of Edinburgh. And over the counters and stalls, the second-hand things were bartered for, became necessities for a time, and were bartered again. And from these alleys... Sixteen people known disappeared. Sixteen people to whom death too was somehow secondhand, having known dying every day of their existence. One of them. Twenty
2: pounds, lie fairly. Give the boy a copper, Mister Hare. Aye. Here, catch, monkey. <laughs> now. Come along and I'll cobble you a pair of shoes, lad. Oh, I I, I don't... uh...
0: Oh, for free, lad, for free.
2: Funky,
3: funky.
0: And two days later, around the corner and down the street... and up a hall and through a gate and up a walk and through a door. Now, if you'll come closer, young doctors...
2: you will see how an incision from the umbilicus to this point... The sternum, then laterally Dr. Knox. A moment, please, sir, and I'll answer the question. Such an incision made with... Uh, Dr. Knox. Oh, such insistence. Very well. Not very well
1: at all, however.
3: I'm sure this boy has been murdered. Murdered? Two nights ago, I saw this boy. He was singing a song in Tanner's Close. Tanner's Close? That garbage scowl? This boy is known as Jamie. I know, for I spoke with him. And he sang a song for me. And he was well. And, sir? Aye. There is a bruise here. Come, close here, at his throat. Surely that is a bruise. Young sir, what are you after? So much talk of how bodies are obtained for dissection. Therefore... Young sir, what are you after? Surely you would not condone murder as a source of supply.
2: Young sir, you have not answered my question. When I have asked you, what are you after... I mean, is it to become a physician? Yes, sir. And a healer? Yes, sir. And knowledgeable in your profession? Yes, sir. Then admit, sir, that the study of the human body is a prime requisite. Of course. Return to your place, sir. Yes, sir. The incision I now make from the umbilicus toward this point of the sternum... Rags,
3: bones, feathers
2: Hey lady, lady now
3: You want to buy rags, bones, feathers
2: You want to sell And what to sell? Come see Where? I've got a place Rags, a big bag full I'll come to look then come, come. A bit. Gray!
3: Gray! This be my son-in-law, gents. Mind the stall, Gray. I go with his gents to buy. Feathers,
2: Frogs wool, hats, stams here. Where be this place? In Tanner's Close, near the end.
3: Near the pigsty? Aye. Oh, love me. How can you live there?
2: Some say it is difficult, Granny. Come, come. No, no, no. What is she? Uh, who do you speak of, son? Ma Mimsy. Who be you? I'm Gray. Mimsy's son-in-law. Mimsy, who you took last night. Ah. Who you took last night to salty? She did not return. All the night long awaited. Why, lad? Why? Where is she? She's gone. Why gone? To, to where did my Mimsy go? Gentle, lad, gentle. Away with your hand. Such a big lad. Such a big... What's that? No, lad, no. Memsy's shawl—a mistake, lad. Memsy's shawl, and here the shirt of her. And blood. Now, gentle lad, uh, now here, uh, take a fiver and take blood. All these rags, Memsy. Hold him back. I'll get me a knife. Here's Memsy. Under the rags is Memsy. Please, 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 please.
0: The boy finally got himself understood by the police. They came then to Tanner's close and found Mimsy. Then they found Burke and Hare. Then they were asked if they had anything to do with Mimsy's death. I done it. And to 17 others? Just like that. Confessed. For some reason that history makes obscure or just doesn't like to talk about, Hare was let free. Burke, however, suffered the last penalty of the law. He was brought to the gibbet, his heart pounding. The rope was placed about his neck. And his body was delivered to Dr. Monroe's academy, where it was dissected by young sirs on their way to becoming doctors. And Dr. Knox, Dr. Knox, buyer of murdered men he fled from scandal and disappeared. But one source has it that he was seen some ten years later walking the narrow street in Edinburgh called Tanner's Close, walking northward toward the pigsty.
1: In just a moment, Thomas Highland will tell you about next week's crime classic. Burke and Hare, tonight's crime classic, was adapted from the original court reports and newspaper accounts by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. The music was composed and conducted by Bernard Herman, and the program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. Thomas Highland is portrayed on radio by Lou Merrill. In tonight's story, Jack Crucian was heard as Mr. Burke, and Jay Novello as Mr. Hare. Featured in tonight's cast were William John Stone, Jeanette Nolan, Charles Davis, Betty Harford, and Richard Peel. Bob Lamond speaking. And here
0: again is Thomas Hyland. Next week, Washington, D.C., on the night of April 14th, 1865. My report to you will be on the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>
1: CBS Radio's 21st Precinct has moved to a new neighborhood. Follow the exciting work of Captain Kennelly and his 21st Precinct every Friday night on most of these same stations starting this Friday. Don't miss the gripping case of the LD number 80 revealing a great human story behind an elderly man's application for a gun permit on this Friday's 21st Precinct program. America listens most to the CBS radio network.